Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirate. And welcome in to the Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. I'm Trent McGee in for Patrick Johnson today. Ben Byram is producing today's show. Ben, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, Trent. How are you? You and I haven't connected since uh, the Farmville Central Hendersonville State Championship matchup a few weeks ago. What a game. Boys game. What a great game on both sides. A lot of fun. Great job by you there. PJ will be back with you on Monday, but glad to have you with us here on this Friday edition of the show. You know, Ben, we had the last couple of days 70, 75 degree weather. We've been spoiled by those warm temps. It's felt so good to be outside. The temp has dropped dramatically today. Then everything changes. Yeah, and it's cold. Cold outside. Anyway, it's warm in here. We have the tournament on. And uh, there's a lot to get to. A busy, busy hour coming up. But we'll begin with this. We're in the final hour of the Children's Miracle Network Music for Miracles Radiothon. And we want to finish on a strong note. You have until 6 o'clock to donate to this worthy cause to help sick and injured kids at the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital here in Greenville. Call right now. 1-800-673-KIDS. That's one 800 Six seven three five four three seven, or you can text ENC Kids to five one five five five. Very easy to do. When you text ENC Kids to five one five five five, you get a link back to go and register. If you're in front of your computer right now or can get near one, you can also donate online. Just visit www.1079wnct.com. Your donations benefit. The programs and services, which include pediatric inpatient and outpatient visits from 29 Eastern Carolina counties, and 100% of donations support the programs and services at the hospital. This is the final hour of our CMN Radiothon on our Interbanks Media family of stations. It began yesterday. I just talked with Rhonda James a few moments ago, and the numbers are really, really good, but they can be more. So I encourage you to donate. Again, call right now, 1-800-673-KIDS, 1-800-673-KIDS, and let's finish this on a strong note. You know, Ben, people always uh, get get asked to donate to certain causes, and I was thinking about this today. I can't think of a more rewarding experience, uh, something that you really feel like you've benefited from that you can donate to like this. This, when you think about what the money goes toward, helping out kids, if you can impact the life of a child who's sick, of a child who's injured, and improve the services at the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital, you should definitely do that. Think about that. Think about if it was your kid. And I hope that no one has to be in that situation. But if you are ever, think about what this money can do for those kids and for that hospital, which is one of the best 
children's hospitals in the country. And it only gets better and can get better with your support. So call right now, 1-800-673-5437 or text ENC Kids to 51555. A busy hour here leading up to coverage of ECU baseball as the Pirates take on Illinois State tonight at 6.30, 6.15 airtime. Right here on 94.3, the game ECU looking to rebound after Wednesday's loss to UNCW. We will preview that matchup coming up. March Madness in full swing. We'll recap what's happened today and update you on action as we action going on as we speak. Florida, Illinois, Texas Tech, Arkansas have all advanced. Ben, is your bracket busted yet? Oh, yeah, it was busted in the first four. I mean, it's ridiculous. If it hasn't happened to you yet, hold tight. That balloon could pop at any moment. Right now, the game on our TV screen, Oregon State leads Tennessee 18-9, to 7.30 to go in the first half. Love March Madness. So much fun, Ben. Love this time of the year. But I want to get my brackets right. Yeah. I have a couple of uh, brackets that I, I definitely want to be right. And so far looking good. But uh, again, you know, round two, Saturday and Sunday's games, second round action always trips me up. And this year it's kind of a crapshoot. I think it's up for grabs for anyone. I think Gonzaga and Baylor, Michigan, Illinois, some of the clear favorites to win the national championship. Who could be that team flying under the radar? We'll talk to one of our guests about that coming up. And about 10 minutes from now, Ariel Epstein, host of the morning show on Sports Grid. It's the nation's first 24-hour sports betting network. We'll have Ariel at 515. You might remember Ariel from her time as a sports reporter for a local ABC affiliate, WCTI News Channel 12 here in Greenville. Ariel did a terrific job covering local sports here and has since moved up the ranks, so we'll talk to her. And then at 535, we're going to speak with a good friend of mine, Jonas Pope, NC State beat writer for the News Observer and Durham Herald's son to get his thoughts on NC State's big win last night where the Wolfpack could go moving forward in the NIT. The women, the Wolfpack women, will take on North Carolina A&T Sunday in the first one of the women's tournament, and I think they have a good shot to go really far in the women's bracket. So we'll talk to Jonas about that coming up at 535. We'll close out this hour uh, speaking with someone uh, from the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital about the final hour today of the CMN Music for Miracles Radiothon. Again, you can donate right now. Call 1-800-673-KIDS. If you're in your car listening to us, we appreciate that. But get home, make that phone call, or again, you can text ENCKIDS to 51555. Ben, ECU baseball tonight. The Pirates looking to get back on track after a tough loss Wednesday to UNCW, 10-2. And Ben, before that game, there was a lot of talk about, and, and there has been, uh, you know, prior to that game, even last week, uh, the Pirates right now ranked number nine in the country, depending on what poll you're looking at, highest number seven in some. There's about seven, eight different ones. See, who knows? <laughs> exactly. So ECU has has struggled against the Seahawks in the past. And I was looking back, going back all the way to, I think, 2012, they actually haven't fared that bad at Brooks Field prior to Wednesday's game. But it's something about ECU. When they, when they garner a top 25 or a top 10 ranking or a ranking of any kind and then face UNCW, it just never seems to be a good mix for the Pirates. So they'll try to get back uh, to their winning ways tonight, taking on the Redbirds of Illinois State in game one of a three-game set. And again, we'll have coverage for you on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94-3 the game. Corey Glore and Coach Gary Overton with the call. 6-15 airtime right here 
on 94.3 The Game. ECU 13-3. and Illinois State coming in to tonight's matchup at 5-9. and Ben saw this last night. Can't take credit for the stat because I found it. I thought it was a great one. All right, all right. ECU has faced Illinois State one time prior to tonight. Of course, after tonight, after this weekend, it will be four matchups between the two. The last time they played Illinois State, they being ECU, Cliff Goblin, the current head coach, was one for two with an RBI double off the bench for ECU. Wow. In a 9-6 <laughs> ECU, I thought it was a fantastic stat oh, yeah. to get out there. So ECU hasn't faced too many. I believe they've only faced three Missouri Valley Conference members. So uh, this will be a, a series that the Pirates certainly could stand to sweep. They've been very good at home this season, 10-1 in the friendly confines of Clark LeClaire. And people talk about baseball, and I, I think it's one of the toughest sports to really figure out what could be going wrong with a team when they're not playing well. You know, you look at midweek matchups, and teams are going to lose games. It's so hard to run the table, obviously, in baseball. You're going to lose some games. I'm not overly concerned about the loss Wednesday night. They didn't play well. Got off to a good start. They were out hit 17-5. to Now, if they lose two of three or they get swept by the Redbirds this weekend, I might be concerned about oh, that. Oh, yeah. That'd... But, you know, if they can take two of three, win the series, and hopefully win all three, ECU's still right now in fantastic shape. A lot of home games coming up for the Pirates. They have five non-conference games. Take that, uh, check that. Maybe six non-conference games after this weekend. Uh, St. John's in a three-game series. Make that five. UNC. And then North Carolina with a home and away matchup. So it would be beneficial, to say the least, for ECU to sweep this weekend. At least take two of three before facing a good North Carolina team and then St. John's there in between. Because right now, when you look at the American Conference, Ben, Wichita State's playing okay, Houston's playing okay, but I wonder how much the AAC is going to, what kind of impact, if any, that will have on the RPI for ECU. Maybe not much at all, because right now, I don't think the conference as a whole is playing really good baseball. And again, after the next five non-conference games, that's it for ECU baseball in terms of non-conference games. There'll be no more midweek matchups. In fact, they have a couple of double headers there with Memphis and Cincinnati when they open up conference play in a few weeks. So ECU needs a strong showing tonight. And the big six foot six junior, Gavin Williams, will get the nod tonight for ECU, making his first start of the season. I believe he's pitched roughly eight or so innings, 11 yeah, Ks. You know, Gavin was hurt going into this season. It will be good to have Gavin Williams on the mound tonight for ECU. And I'm hoping he can go a good, strong four to five innings, if not longer. We'll see how long he can go tonight. But a lot of baseball left to be played, so Wednesday's loss is not concerning to me right now whatsoever. Again, if they don't favor this weekend, if they drop a couple to the Redbirds, then I might be a little bit concerned. But right now, I think the Pirates are still in very good shape and still one of the premier teams in the country. But again, that could change in a second. And that's the thing with baseball. I mean, it, you can go from being one of the best teams in the country to being um, – to not having a very good season in the blink of an eye. And that's just the way baseball is. So it's 11 past the hour here on the Patrick Johnson Show. We'll take our first break and come back. When we, when we do, Ariel Epstein on the other side of this timeout. Stay with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Kick the coverage with Clay Travis and the Dan Patrick Show. You guys are awesome. Weekday mornings on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. 
Back to the pledges, back to the miracles. We need your help. Give the gift of growing up. 94.3 The Game's Miracle Maker Radiothon is on. Here's the number to call. 1-800-673-KIDS. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. My name is Trent McGee. Thank you for spending your Friday afternoon with us here on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com, the flagship station of the EC Pirates. That's right. You can give the gift of growing up right now. Call 1-800-673-KIDS. That's 1-800-673-5437 in the final hour of our Radiothon today here for the Children's Miracle Network to support the kids at the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. We're pleased to be joined right now by Ariel Epstein, host of the morning show, uh, host of the morning after on Sports Grid, the nation's first 24-hour sports betting network. And I mentioned this earlier, but you may remember Ariel during her time as a sports reporter for a local ABC affiliate here in Greenville, WCTI News Channel 12. Ariel did a terrific job here covering local sports and has since moved up the ranks quickly. She has a delightful personality, full of insight, and if you pay close enough attention, she can help line your pockets with some cash. What's better than that? How are you, Ariel? Hey, thanks so much, Trevor, for having me on. It's been a while since we've really spoken, at least seen each other in person, but I appreciate all the kind words. Now, are you are you in New York? I am. I'm in New York. Not really in the city. I'm right outside of it, but close enough to say I'm in the area. What do you what let me ask you, what do you miss most, if anything, about eastern North Carolina? Oh, definitely Brian North. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you if you said I, I that. I definitely miss all of the people there. I really became close with everyone. I became close with all of the coaches from the high school to college level. I think that everyone is so Everyone's just so nice and caring. Here in New York, people just turn the cold shoulder to you. I miss going to sporting events. I just really love how everyone who was associated with the sports world in the eastern North Carolina area just knows each other. It doesn't matter if you're in Greenville, Kinston, or out there in Beaufort County. Everyone in the area just is associated with the sports scene, and you always just see the same people everywhere. It was just such a nice family atmosphere. Well, you were such a familiar face on the sidelines of so many sporting events here from the high school level to ECU uh, and others as well, and did a terrific job while you were here. Talk to us about how you got involved with SportsGrid. How did that all begin? With sports or sports betting, I think you got cut off there. With sports betting and, and with sports grid, how did you get involved with that? Oh, so I ended up coming home from the uh, coming home to New York after about two and a half years in at WCTI, and I was just trying to figure out what the next step was going to be in the sports world. I was doing sideline for a local station here for a uh, for Stony Brook football. Then I came across SportsGrid on Twitter. I saw someone who was a friend of a friend who started working for them. I knew that sports gambling in the next five years was going to be the next big thing. I knew that PASPA was just repealed in 2018. I came home to New York in 2019. That's when I started to get the the wheels were turning. I love fantasy. I was doing fantasy sports ever since I was in sixth grade. In fact, I got kicked out of a fantasy baseball league by seventh grade because I won two years in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since then, and little did I know, I was handicapping the whole time. You just don't know what handicapping is. You associate it with gambling. It's the same premise. It's really just analyzing games, and that's what I really loved about it. 
Uh, speaking of sports gambling, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this or not, but the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians uh, opened up this week North Carolina's first legal sports betting venue. It's called The Book. I can't wait to go. It's going to be at Harris Cherokee Resort there in Cherokee, and there's also going to be one opened up at the Casino Hotel in Murphy there. So that's going to be a lot of fun to be a part of. And speaking of, uh, of what you do, you're the host uh, of the morning after there on Sports Grid. And uh, I want to hit you with this first. The NCAA tournament off and running now in full swing. And for those interested in placing some action on games over the course of the next few days and weeks, what should betters really look out for uh, in their effort to make intelligent picks when it comes to tournament action? I think that the first thing, if you've never really bet before, it's very good to go to some platforms like SportsGrid and listen to people who have been breaking these things down for years. I love being able to even listen, and I've been doing this for a couple of years on SportsGrid. I listen to people out in Las Vegas who have been handicapping March Madness for 35, 40 years. There are so many ways to handicap. There's never a right answer. However, the one thing to me that stands out is I love using Ken Palm. I like to see what a lot of his statistics and analytics say. He has great offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency stats. He has turnover stats, et cetera. I think that that's really important for analyzing where teams have strengths and weaknesses in their matchups, especially if you're watching these teams that you've never really watched before. We just see Oral Roberts upset Ohio State, which is yeah. absolutely insane in overtime. Who has heard of Oral Roberts? Seriously, can you name a player on the team? You go to Ken Palm, you look up, you do some research, and you find out, well, Oral Roberts, first of all, all I've heard from people that I know that cover the mid-major, they are always hitting to the over. Yet this game goes to overtime, and it doesn't even come close to 156.5, which is just insane. Yet who knows who Oral Roberts is? You have to look up the stats. I think that that's a really helpful way. In addition to watching line movements, you're going to see, and if you're listening now and you didn't get a chance to do this for the first round, you have to go check any of the sports books that you use. The second that a matchup happens, we're going to get Florida Oral Roberts coming up on Sunday. The sports book's going to have that line up any minute. Go see what that line opens up at and see if it moves tomorrow. If it moves in a certain direction tomorrow, let's just say Florida opens up as a eight-point favorite, or a five-point favorite, and you see it move a point in Florida's direction, then you think, okay, people like Florida. If the line moves against Florida and it goes in Oral Roberts' direction, for example, it opens up with Florida minus five and it moves to minus four, that means that there's a little love coming in on Oral Roberts. I really like looking at line movements, too. Apparently, my four-year-old daughter knew because she picked Oral Roberts to beat Ohio State, a 15 over a two. Get I didn't, out of here. As she did, and I did not. I did not, so apparently I should have gone to Kim Palm and checked some of those stats out before I picked that game. Uh, I also picked Tennessee to be Oregon State. Right now the Beavers with a 33-17 lead over the Volunteers. Of course, it's in the first half of that game, so a lot of time left. But, you know, that's what, that's what makes the tournament so fun. Like you said, there's never a right answer. You never really know, especially when it comes to NCAA tournament picks, what picks to make. Let me ask you this. Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, you can lump Illinois in there too. All obvious favorites to win the national championship, who might be flying under the radar as a legitimate title contender that fans might overlook? 
Obviously, the two teams then that I have in the championship don't fit that question. I have both one seeds, Illinois and Gonzaga, in the championship game. If I had to give you two teams that I do have in the final four that may not necessarily be the hottest commodity right now, it would be Purdue and Florida State. Those are two teams that I actually bet futures on. I bet Purdue at 10 to 1 and Florida State at 7 to 1 to go into the final four. I like both of these teams because Purdue is extremely balanced. Purdue is one of those teams that's top 50 in offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency. They're top 25, actually, in both. They also are a really strong rebounding team, Purdue, inside the top 50 on the offensive and defensive boards. As for Florida State, they lead the league in scoring, just averaging under 79 points per game. FSU also leads the league in three-point percentage at 39%. In addition to the Seminoles, holding teams to a league best just under 40% from the field. I think that if Florida State can have four games of consistency, then we could see them make a run. It's just been that inconsistency for the Seminoles that bothers me. When you look at their side of the bracket in the East, Florida State's in a good bracket because I think that Michigan is, mo- is the weakest one seed, especially with losing their senior Isaiah Livers. I think you're exactly right, and, and that's what's worried me about the Seminoles this year and years past. You never know how well the Seminoles are going to fare once they get uh, into the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. I mean, they just tend to, to, to stumble. And I like Leonard Hamilton. I think he's a great head basketball coach. I like his team, but I've just, I, I can't trust them, though I do have them. In my Elite Eight in one bracket, and I have a couple of brackets, so I guess mm-hmm. it really doesn't count. But uh, anyway, Ariel Epstein joining us here on 94.3 The Game. It's uh, 24 past the hour. Let me ask you about some NBA action, Ariel. There are 10 NBA games on the docket tonight. If the season ended today, who is your NBA MVP? It has to be LeBron James. I know that a lot of people are hoping to find some value. My value was two months ago with Joel Embiid, the Sixers center. Mm -hmm. At the time, Embiid was still around 6-1. to People were completely overlooking the fact that Embiid was top five in the league in points per game in addition to rebounds per game. Then the book caught up with us. Embiid ended up being the favorite with the best odds in front of LeBron James as soon as LeBron took the night off against Sacramento the game before the All-Star break. Now that Embiid's missed time and he's injured and likely out at least another week, it's LeBron James' award to lose. The Lakers are one and a half games back, I think, of the Utah Jazz right now in the West. If the Lakers get into that one seed, then LeBron James has been playing every game of the year except that one game against Sacramento. Anthony Davis isn't even on the floor, and this Lakers team is still irrelevant. They're going to be a one seed if they continue to play at the level they're at. LeBron James putting up 37 last night. He comes to play every game. He doesn't take any minutes off. It's just insane what LeBron's been doing. I think that right now he's your MVP, and I would stay away from the rest of the market. You lost your value. 37 points at age 36. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's really unbelievable what he's doing. I mean, I'm past age 36 and I get sore trying to do a cartwheel with my daughter in the yard and he's out there pointing 37 points in the NBA. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And I'm with you on that. I think LeBron right now is, uh, is the odds on favorite to be the NBA MVP. You mentioned the Western Conference. Let me ask you about the Eastern Conference and the three game race at the top, the 76ers, Nets and Bucks. Who do you like out of the Eastern Conference to be the biggest threat to the Lakers, assuming the Lakers win the West, which I think they will, who's the biggest threat to the Lakers right now coming out of the East? 
can I say the 76ers at home? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Overall, probably the Brooklyn Nets are the biggest threat to beat the Lakers. The only issue, of course, is that the Nets still are a bottom 10 defense in regards to points allowed. If if Anthony Davis is back and you have him with a threat out there, the way that Dennis Schroeder also has been stepping up since AD has been out, uh, Schroeder has been the second leading scorer on this team behind LeBron James. I think the two of, I think the three of them together, plus the depth that the Lakers have, has been really strong. And the Brooklyn defense has been struggling. It's been, I think, 15 players in 10 games have had over 20 points against the Nets. Their defense is terrible, yet it's getting a little bit better. I've actually seen them go from being the team that allows the third most points per game to now being the team that allows the sixth most points per game. So Brooklyn has had a little bit of a better defense in the last two weeks since the All-Star break. I just think that at the moment, I would love to bet. If, if I had to bet on the Lakers in any situation, or bet against the Lakers in any situation, it would be at Philly. I would think that in Philly right now, who the Sixers have the best home record for the last two years in the NBA on their home court, that would be the only situation that I could see the Lakers even being a dog. Right now against Brooklyn, I still struggle to trust their defense. Yeah, even with you know their big three, who I think are fantastic, and if they can learn and find a way to really close games uh, and not get off to a hot start uh, – and then have to find a way to close and claw back into it. I like Brooklyn, but I'm, I'm with you, too, on the 76ers at home. Uh, like them there. Still think the Lakers are going to be the odds-on favorite and, and are right now to win the NBA championship. But, you know, I think, I think this year could be the year this Brooklyn Nets team comes out of the East and makes some noise. Let's shift gears, and we'll let you go after this. Uh, I know you have a lot going on, so we appreciate the time. Let me ask you about any uh, impacts, if any, that you've seen from some of the recent NFL free agency moves that uh, betters should keep a close eye on for the upcoming NFL season? Yeah, I think the Arizona Cardinals are a team that I'm going to keep my eye on, more so in the win totals market and the odds to make the playoffs market. I think that you might see the Cardinals be undervalued because people don't trust them. The only thing I don't trust about the Cardinals this year is their ability to stay healthy. I love the moves they've made. They bring in A.J. Green at wide receiver. They bring in J.J. Watt on the defensive end. Those are two players that are towards the end of their career, and they've been struggling to stay on the field. A.J. Green has missed 29 games since 2016. Can they all stay healthy? Oh, and let's just add in Larry Fitzgerald, who for the last two years we're wondering if he's going to retire. I love Kyler Murray. I think that there could be an option to make him an MVP in certain cases. The problem is Cardinals are in a really tough division. That West division is so tough in the NFC. So I'm a little worried about them. I still love the Buffalo Bills. I've loved the Buffalo Bills for the last two years. I had a futures bet on them to win the Super Bowl when they were 22-1 to last year. They ended up getting a little bit of love. Uh, they moved up, I think, to 17-1 to once Stephon Diggs came over at wide receiver. Otherwise, I think the Bills are a team that, unfortunately, you don't have that 20-1 to value that we had last year. They're up there as the third or fourth best odds right now on Fandle to win the Super Bowl. I love Buffalo. I think that that team, if they can improve on defense more, because the thing that was interesting about Buffalo this year, two years ago, they were a top-five defense. Then their offense was unreliable, top 20. Then this year, they were a top-10 offense, and their defense was outside the top 20, which was interesting. If their defense under the leadership of how everyone knows in Carolina, Sean McDermott, defensive-minded coach, then I think that they can improve the defense and make another Super Bowl run this year. So Arizona, Buffalo, those are two teams that I'm keeping my eye on. 
And I really hope the Baltimore Ravens get a wide receiver. Hey, you heard it here first. Ariel Epstein, the host of the Morning After on Sports Grid. You can follow her on Twitter at Ariel Epstein. Thank you so much for the time this afternoon. Look forward to continuing to follow your work. You may have to lean on you some uh, here in the future when we get closer to the NBA uh, playoffs and certainly when the NFL season starts. So thanks again, and uh, maybe come back and visit us sometime soon here in Eastern North Carolina. Oh, I would love to. I really hope I can. Hopefully all this COVID stuff behind us, is behind us soon and I can make a trip. Sounds great, Ariel. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. Good luck. That's Ariel Epstein, host of The Morning After on Sports Group. We'll take our second time out. Come back when we do. Jonas Pope, NC State beat writer. We'll find out what the Wolfpack can do moving forward in the NIT and what the Wolfpack women can potentially do in the upcoming NCAA Women's Tournament. All that more coming up here on 94.3 The Game. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! Or tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. It's 94.3 The Game's Miracle Maker Radiothon. Do your part to ensure that Eastern North Carolina children receive the best possible care. Miracles are made by people like you. Call with your pledge and give the gift of growing up now. 1-800-673-KIDS. hour left to donate to our CMN America Radio Thon here on the Interbanks Media Family of Stations, specifically here 94.3 The Game. You can call 1-800-673-KIDS, 1-800-673-5437. Make your donation now to support the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. I'm Trent McGee, and for Patrick Johnson this afternoon, Ben Byron producing today's show, and Jonas Pope, NC State beat writer for the News and Observer and Herald Sun on the phone with us now. JP and I go way back and we're by far the best two-looking guys to ever walk the halls of Northampton East. I think you would agree with that. Jonas, your life forever changed back in January when you joined the Dad Club. How's that beautiful daughter of yours, and how are you? Trent, I have to agree with you about that for sure. We definitely <laughs> we definitely uh, did Northampton County East a favor by walking the hallways you know, for those four years. <laughs> but no, man, thank you, man. Uh, she's doing well. She's you know, time is flying by. Luckily, uh, she's getting her nice little afternoon nap right now. But no, things are going great, man. So I appreciate you asking. I'm glad things are going well. I know it's been a a a, a welcomed addition to uh, to your family. Uh, big win for NC State Thursday night, 75-61 win over Davidson in the opening round of the NIT. Wolfpack will face the winner of tonight's Colorado State Buffalo matchup. Impressive win for the Wolfpack Jonas, and quite the turnaround from where they were in that opening round loss to Syracuse in the ACC tournament. Yeah, and I think, you know, most of the team and Coach Keith, what they wanted to do was they wanted to get that bad taste out of their mouth from the Syracuse performance. You know, coming into that Syracuse game, they had won five straight, and they just had a bad day, and they didn't want to end the season that way. So they they, they came out against Davidson and made a statement. You know, they they had a double-digit lead in the first half, and they just kept their foot on the gas. You know, and Keith said he thought they were great. That's not – something he said about his team a lot all year, but he said, you know, there wasn't a whole lot for him to complain about after watching, I mean, after that game because they were clicking on all cylinders. And, you know, for a team that was rolling late in February and just had one speed bump in, in, in Syracuse, I don't think a lot of people were surprised by the product that NC State put on the floor um, against Davidson last night. DJ Funderburg led all scores with a game-high 21 points. And I read your column today, and 
found this interesting when you said that Thunderbird was one of the seniors who encouraged Kevin Keats to accept an NIT bid. Do you think Keats was seriously considering not playing in the NIT? You know, I don't know if Keats was seriously considering it. I, I, I think maybe above his head, I think the powers that be were trying to justify spending that money to go to Dallas. Mm-hmm. In a year where, you know, they weren't getting a lot of revenue because fans weren't coming to games. They had to, you know, put some people on furlough. So I, I think some powers powers that be were trying to, you know, decide if it was really worth it. But Keith went to his players, and ultimately it's about the players. You know, you want the players to have the best experience. And he went to his, his two seniors, his uh, his junior and Jericho Helms and, and sophomore Manny Bates, and asked those guys, do you want to do this? And each one of them wanted to keep playing. I mean, the players are never going to say no. Sure. But um, to answer your question, I, I don't think it was Keats who was going to back out. Now, to us, he's never he hasn't told the media what he wanted to do yet. He kept saying he know he knew what he wanted to do. But he wanted to see what they said. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a coach wants to compete as well. You know, he knows his team was rolling. I think it was more so a talk from uh, the, the higher ups than it was from Keats and his guys. They, you know, you roll the balls out, give them a chance to play. They want to play. Sure. And sure. Um, you know, the guys wanted to keep the season rolling. NC State beat writer Jonas Pope with us here on 94.3, the game on the Patrick Johnson Show. Devin Daniels, of course, tore his ACL back in January on the 27th. NC State lost four of its next five games without Daniels in the lineup. Then the Wolfpack went on to win five consecutive games before losing to Syracuse in the ACC tournament. Would this team, in your opinion, have been an NCAA tournament team if Daniels had remained healthy? Man, that's a, you know, that's a, that's a good question. You you would like to say yes because he was on paper their best player, um, but then on the flip side of that, you know him going down has opened up opportunities for more guys. So you never want to say one player was holding the team back. I mean, say he say he stays healthy, but then Darion Seabron doesn't doesn't emerge. You know Cam Hayes doesn't get the ball in his hand as much, and they're relying so much on on, on Devin Daniel. Maybe maybe he shoots some out some games, but you know. He goes down, and this team kind of rallies. He's like, "Hey, we got to re- redefine ourselves. We got to start working from the inside out." You know, DJ and Manny get more touches, and Darion Sebron emerges as a, as a threat, and, and Cam Hayes and Shaquille Moore get the ball in their hands more often. Um, I mean, obviously, he's their best player. So you want to say, "Yeah, they would have kept rolling," but they played their best basketball after he went down. You know, which is weird. Yeah. You know, who's, how many teams can say they play that they play better once their best player is gone? So, I mean, that's that's a Good question. We'll, we'll never know, but you would like to think they would have gotten it together with their best player in the lineup. I was having this conversation with a guy that uh, you and I both know well today. Do you think Daniels comes back for another year? And and I, I think he will. Um, I just think it's it's going to be. I think had he not gotten hurt, I think he would have entered the draft. I think it's so tough this day and time to, to, to try to bounce into the NBA after an injury like this. Do you think he comes back for another year in Raleigh? You know, I'll be honest with you. If he was, if he was a junior, a sophomore, or a junior, I would say. Um, I mean, obviously, he, he would be back. But <sighs> damn, he, he's an older guy. He tested the waters last year. Um, it's tough. I don't know. I don't. He, maybe he wants to. You know, he, he realizes that his, his basketball days, his best basketball, might not be ahead of him. He wants to go get paid overseas with, or try the G League or something like that. Right. Um, I don't think it's a given that he comes back because of the injury. You know, mm-hmm. I think he might be a guy who looks at it like, you know, I could come, I get hurt again or, you know, something, something, a 
worst injury could happen. You know, I'm really, I'm really about 50-50 with it with Devin Daniels. Now, the other two guys, I think Braxton and, and DJ, I don't, I don't think either one of those guys will return. But I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence with Devin just because, like I said, he's an older guy. You know, he set out a year already when he wants to transfer to state. Um, he's had his injury. I don't know if he wants to come back and, and go through the college life again. I don't know. He's probably like 23, 24. He might be one of the, he might be ready to start his professional career, like I said, either overseas or, or in the NBA, hopefully, or in the G League. And that makes sense, and I can, I can see that being the case. Hey, fans here locally are familiar with Farmville Central point guard to Quavion Smith. I had the chance to, uh, to, to cover him uh, two weeks ago when the Jags beat Hendersonville in the state championship game. Not sure how much you've had the chance to see him play, but he will join Kevin Keats and company next season. What kind of impact, Jonas, do you think Smith could have on this basketball team next season? Yeah, I saw him, um, I saw him as a junior. Um, like two or three times when mm-hmm. Farmville Central came up and played in the John Wall. And I, I don't think there's anyone on the roster right now who's like who is like uh, T. Smith. Uh, you know, he can score from all three levels, uh, just high-energy guy, just can do so many dynamic things with the ball or off the ball. And I think that's the key. You know, I think it would be a perfect complement to the guards they have now as well as, uh, as Breon Pass who's also a freshman coming in in that same class. Like, I just think he's so unique in just the, how he can put the ball in the basket in so many different ways. And you line him up beside any of those guards they already have, and, and, and the NC State's backcourt is not going to miss a beat. Uh, he's fearless. and I mean, he, he is a guy that can yeah. score from anywhere on the floor. The only thing I think he has to do, and I think he will do when he gets to Raleigh, will be mature some at the next level. And I think we'll see that maturity take place once he gets under uh, Kevin Keats uh, and his staff's leadership. Uh, yeah. Listen, the women, on the flip side, NC State's women have had a tremendous season. I think Wes Moore should be named the 2021 Naismith Coach of the Year, and I think you would agree. Would you not? No, I definitely agree. I mean, he, sure. he, he's, he's, uh, he's been fantastic. He has been. I mean, you, you talk to any one of those players, and they, they love him to death I mean, as a man, first of all, forget just being a coach. But – the X's and O's, they say he's an offensive genius. He just comes up with these creative ways to, to get the ball to the best players and, you know, makes adjustments on the fly of, depending on what the other teams do. And he's taking this program in, in the time he's been there to, you know, they didn't have a tournament last year, but the previous two years they went to the consecutive Sweet 16s, 20-win seasons, back-to-back ACC championships, and now a number one seed for the first time in, in school history. I mean, you know, NC State fans, you know how they are. They're, they're long-suffering, and they'll – <laughs> They'll complain they can't have nice things. But I'm like, hey, you have a two-time ACC tournament championship team right here uh, in Raleigh. You have a very nice thing in Westmore in the NC State women's basketball program. And, Jonas, I think they're a legitimate Final Four pick. I mean, I know they've uh, they've had to play from behind quite a few times this season, which is a little bit harder to do in the tournament. But I think they're playing such good basketball. I think the bracket sets up well for them. What do you think the Wolfpack women have to do to earn a spot in their first-ever national championship game? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they definitely can make it to the Final Four. What they have to do is they can't they can't play around. Like you just said, in the HD tournament, in their semifinal and final game, they were down in the fourth quarter and came back and won. They can't take those chances. The, the room, the margin for error was a little bit smaller in the tournament, I mean, the NCAA tournament. But if they can just get it clicking on offense, like Westmore told us the other day, he thought in Greensboro they rebounded well. He thought they defended well. But he, didn't, he doesn't think they played their best offensive game in the postseason yet. So, I mean, obviously, Lisa Kunane, she's going to do what she does. She, she's been consistent. She's playing with a chip on her shoulder. But the supporting cast still didn't have a big game together uh, against Georgia Tech, against Virginia Tech, against uh, Louisville. 
So if you get Jada Boyd, Jakea Brown Turner, you get uh, Kayla Jones, you know, a two five two one A high school along Kayla Jones, uh, Raina Perez, and Kai Crusher. Once that that bunch has it put together, that that supporting game offensively to help out Kunane. Now if they get it rolling, you know, the right time of year, then they can definitely be playing that that in that first Monday in April uh, for the national championship. All right, Jonas, before I let you go, I have to ask you this, and you have to be completely honest with me. Did you have Oral Roberts beating Ohio State? Because I did not. Yeah, you know what's funny? I just tweeted this, and you may have seen it. I don't do, a, I don't do brackets. I haven't done brackets. Really? I've done a bracket since, like, 2006. Yeah, I, I never do brackets. And I spend the first weekend of the NCAA tournament laughing at everybody, <laughs> tweeting and throwing their papers in the air because their brackets are busted. Yeah. I'm so much of a perfectionist. I know there's no way I'm going to get it perfect. And I know the first weekend, some team that we never expect is going to ruin one half of my bracket. So I, I, just, I just stop doing it. I just sit back and watch the games. I enjoy uh, all these games 24-7. And I just, it's, it's less stress on me with no bracket. That's a good idea. I should, I should take that advice and do the same thing. Because, again, <laughs> I had Ohio State uh, moving on uh, after today and into the next round. But, that's obviously been busted now. So, Jonas, I appreciate your time this afternoon, man. Look forward to seeing you, uh, you soon. You can follow Jonas on Twitter at JEPopeIV, Jonas Pope the Fourth. JP, man, good talking to you. Take care of your family, and I uh, hope to see you soon. You too, Trent. Have a good one. That's Jonas Pope, NC State beat writer for the News and Observer and Durham Herald. Son, more to come here. 15 minutes to go. You have that long to get your donation in for the Children's Miracle Network to support the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. Call 1-800-673-KIDS. That's 1-800-673-5437. Stay tuned. We close out this edition of the Patrick Johnson Show next. Testing, testing. Is this thing live? Outkick with Clay Travis, the Dan Patrick Show, and Adam Gold all right here. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Now, back to the miracle making. Give the gift of growing up with your pledge now. 1-800-673-KIDS. Please call in your pledge right now. It's the Miracle Maker Radiothon on 94.3 The Game. Open up your heart, open up your wallet, support the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. Call right now, 1-800-673-KIDS, 1-800-673-5437. All the money stays right here at the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. It supports sick and injured kids at the hospital and support services. I can't think of a better cause to support right now. I know COVID's been tough. People are in tough financial situations right now. Any donation of any amount will help. So if you can, pick up the phone and call right now, 1-800-673-5437. Following our show this evening and leading into coverage of ECU baseball, an encore presentation of Inside the ECU Clubhouse with Cliff Godwin. Patrick Johnson speaks with ECU head coach, baseball, uh, ECU baseball coach Cliff Godwin every week, and we'll have that coming for you following this edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. PJ will be back with you on Monday. And speaking of Monday, of course, we'll go back inside the clubhouse with Cliff Godwin, and he'll have former ECU basketball head coach and current West Carteret assistant basketball coach Jeff Lebo on the show, Ben. So you and PJ can speak with Coach Lebo there. Uh, it is uh, coming up on eight minutes before the top of the hour, and Oregon State is not doing me any favors. So tournament score alert, 44-27 right now. Beavers over the Volunteers in the second half. Ben. Another bracket buster. I had the. I told you. I told you. Hold tight. <laughs> the balloon's going to pop at any time. I had the uh, volunteers moving on. 
I had the Buckeyes moving on. Biggest upset by far of the day has been Oral Roberts. And, and, and look, Clark Kellogg said it best on the CBS broadcast uh, Selection Sunday. He said to watch out for Oral Roberts. They could knock off Ohio State, and I wanted to believe him. And Clark's a Buckeyes guy, but I couldn't do it. I still chose the Buckeyes <laughs> to win the game. You were given a warning. I, I, was, think, I was given a warning and still couldn't do it. I think you jinxed yourself early on when you said you were perfect so far in your brackets. You're right. And then you blew it. You blew it. <laughs> I did take Loyola there in one bracket. They're uh, up by six right now, 53-47 over Georgia Tech. Hey, that's seven an upset, and, right? Seven and a half to go in the second half. I think to, to some it might be. Uh, Seating-wise it is. Well, no, seating-wise, uh, Loyola's a eight seed. Texas nine C, but uh, they've had a good season. I think Sister Jean is on their side. I think there's no doubt about that. They're 24 and four, and um, right now they hold on to a uh, slim six point lead over the Yellow Jackets. A lot of games coming up tonight uh, in the NCAA tournament. There's high school football tonight on 97.9. Rose will take on CBA Cock. You can listen to that game with Croft Massey and the coach Ronald Vinson. Have lock football tonight. They take on White Oak and Northside Pine Town. They're 3-0. They take on 2-0 Tarboro. That game will be on our sister station, 103.7. So, man, there's so much going on right now. I I love this time of the year, and I'm liking this high school football in March. I prefer this. You know, I never thought, Ben, ever, that we might see high school football playoffs under the sun. We're going to see it this year. And I've been doing high school football games for I can't tell you how many years, and I I never thought about doing a playoff game with sunshine. That's going to happen this year. It's oh, yeah. going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. So uh, everything right now uh, in full swing. Been a lot of fun here to be with you on the Patrick Johnson Show. And again, call right now, 1-800-673-KIDS. That's 1-800-673-5437. Still time. Five minutes to go to get your donation in right now to support the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. Your money goes to support services. It supports the sick and injured kids. If you've had a kid, a child, I should say, in the hospital, you know what it's like. You know the feeling you get. And you want that child to get the best possible care they can and to be surrounded by the best possible doctors they can be surrounded by, to feel like they're still at home, even though it's a much different environment. This is what your donation can do if you support the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. You still have time to call right now, 1-800-673-KIDS. That's one 800 673 5437 or text ENC Kids to 5155 or you can go online 1079WNCT.com. Fill out that donation form right there. It takes one minute. Uh, seriously, I, I made my donation Thursday. It takes one minute of your time to make a donation of any kind to support the Children's Miracle Network and the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital right here in Greenville. Do yourself a favor. You'll feel good about yourself and you'll know that the money you're donating is going to have a huge impact on a child's life and the services that they provide at the James and Connie Maynard Children's Hospital. ECU baseball coming up tonight. 6.30 first pitch. Gavin Williams on the mound for the Pirates as they take on Illinois State in game one of a three-game set at Clark LeClaire. The Pirates 13-3. and Redbirds 5-9 and going into tonight's game. So best of luck to ECU tonight in that game. Uh, of course, game two and game three for you both coming up uh, as uh, it will be the entire season right here on the flagship station of ECU Baseball, 94-3 the game. Thanks again to Ben Byram. Good seeing you, my friend. Good to see you. Best of luck Let's do it again you. sometime. Absolutely. Look forward to doing that. I'm Trent McGee. PJ's back with you on Monday. Thanks for being with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show.